Hello, and welcome to Second Helpings, a Grace Fellowship podcast designed to serve up another round of insight and application from our Sunday morning corporate worship gatherings. Pull up, dig in, and get filled as we take another taste of God's greatness. So Dan, we had an interesting week this week. We have a Grace Talk, so a little bit different. Um, Having all of our corporate singing at the beginning, and then we come in and we had three different questions, but still the same kind of thing we want to do is anything from the service in particular that uh, stuck out to you, me. Obviously, we had two other guys on the panel with us, so we can't speak for them, or maybe we can't. (laughs) (laughs) That was more convenient. (laughs) That's right. Um, But obviously, we never can cover all the stuff. So is there anything about this Sunday in particular that stuck out to you? Well, I think one of the things I came in halfway through the first song and I was impressed uh, just by the body dynamic of the church is that very often people miss that when we sing, we actually are singing to one another. We're not necessarily singing to a tune or we're not singing to an effect. Um, We're actually singing to one another. And so when I came in, as I heard, really was very, very loud. It was a July 4th Sunday. So you'd think there were less people, but it was very loud. And I was struck by the words of the song that my brothers and sisters were singing. And it was directed to me and I to them. And there was just a moment in which I said in my brain, I said, this is what church is. Lord, help us to be able to convey this to people. It's not a spectator sport. It's not something you, it's not a ball game. You're part of it. And you don't realize as you're singing, some people might be not singing. They're just listening and they're meditating. And all of that is just such good stuff. It's so rich and purposeful and meaningful that um, people just, it's important to remember that. Yeah, that's great. As a, I mean, as a worship pastor, talking to other worship pastors, they'll talk about, you know, setting the levels in your room and how do you get your people True. to sing? You know? And I'm like, man, that's not my problem. Like at Grace Fellowship, these people sing, right? Yeah. Uh, they're great. I thought about micing them before and pumping them back in. So it's a great experience and super encouraging to just hear your brothers and sisters lifting up their voice not worried about, you know, how they sound, just going, they sound beautiful, by the way, they sound beautiful, <laughs> oh, yeah, but absolutely. not worried about it and just going for it. What a, what a beautiful precursor, right? So that's great. Um, so yeah, at that time, what about anything um, in particular from our questions? Maybe you felt like, uh, you know, Zach's moving us too fast. I can't pick up on the things that I want, everything I want to say, but anything in there that sticks out or maybe elaborate on? Well, it's interesting because we always have more than we can uh, than cover. Uh, but I do think it seems to be, when I talk with people afterwards, a few people, uh, they're struck by the vulnerability, the helpfulness of the questions and the answers. One of the things we work hard at and you're tasked hard with is to answer the question yeah. uh, specifically and intentionally. So we say, well, we're going to start off, we're going to answer the question, then give the rationale for it. So I think Eric in particular did a great job in speaking to the question of loyalty, uh, what does it look like if you're a Christian nationalist or a nationalist is pushing the United States? And where's the the distinction there between being a Christian but being a proud American? When does that take over? And I think that in addressing that, it helps set the temperature for people to understand you have a, a level of allegiance slash responsibility as an American. You're a citizen. You've got a responsibility, not merely to, to vote, but actually toward one another. But then that loyalty doesn't stay there because you actually have a citizenship in heaven. Yeah. And so that always has to trump your trump your uh, Christianity. And so I think that's really, really important to regularly come back because 
we're going to be engaging like Paul was in Philippians 3, where he pleads with the loyal yoke fellow, an individual most likely, to plead with Yodia and Syntyche to agree with one another in the Lord. We don't know what they're moving through, but we do know that it was breaking down their fellowship. And so he's tasked with this individual with getting together and helping them degree in the Lord. And what that means as he moves through the rest of that section is the idea is let's agree with the things that we find our common fellowship, the person and work of Jesus Christ. And we start from that. We don't start from politics. We don't start from where my loyalties lie with a particular individual in politics, but we start with the gospel. And on that basis, we have fellowship. And as we go out, we might have differences, but we stop, James, quick to listen, slow to speak. Uh, and our world recognize that our world doesn't want us to do that. The world actually programs social media so you engage, but never can engage enough to give substance. So for example, like in a news, I was talking with an individual after the service and news reports or interviews, four or five minute segments, you don't have time yeah. to process anything. All you have time enough to do is probably insult the person on the panel with you or take a shot at somebody and give a few things, a few ideas. But they're they're geared, they're wired to create the conflict. It's like the, the guy who's in high school, he never gets in a fight, but he always draws people into fights. So he gets this guy against this guy, this guy against this guy. And he makes out, he enjoys that uh, spectator. That's what news are, that's what many of the platforms are. They're mm -hmm. getting your money while you're engaging and you're just ripping and tearing people apart. And so I think as Christians, we've got to be mindful that the, that's part of the world intruding into our lives. So we've got to be very wise. Yeah. We've got to be very circumspect. We need other people to help us to say, hey, brother, sister, I think you might be going too far. Yeah. And what you said, I read this. Uh, is there anything I can do, anything I help? What's going on? Recognize something might be going on in that person's life. I think that's such an interesting thing to remember for us too, is like when we're approaching people and having these conversations, like what, how are you coming into that? So when you're saying, hey, hey man, I think you might be here. Are you saying that to be condescending? Or are you actually mm. saying might? Because I think a lot of times we've already made up our mind. Mm. This is what you're doing. This is what you're about. But actually approach with a helping mind to say, you know, what's going on? Help me understand. I mean, what a novel concept, what it seems like in today's atmosphere to say, give me some understanding from where you're coming from. Yeah. I think when we do that, sometimes we feel like we're almost, we're giving up ground. Like we're saying, you're right. Man, I, I, the art of being able to hear somebody out and then be able to go, I love you and I completely disagree with yeah. you. That's something Christians should have more than anybody else. And I think it's appealing to people when you can stand firmly on the truth of the word, um, whether or not it's with a brother or a lost person, they see you stand on that and not have to kind of get out of sorts about it. Mm. And they can't relate to that. They go, oh, if I, if I know something's true, I gotta get worked up. But when you do that, they go, whoa. It's like a, that guy about, you know, in high school getting in all the fights. There's the guy that gets all the fights, but then there's the guy in the fight that takes the punch. And he just kind of keeps on walking. You're like, whoa, that's a bad man right there, right? <laughs> right? Um, and I must say there's not times that we engage in, well, I would say there's probably not many times where we engage in a fight. Sure. But there are times where we engage and we do kind of stand that ground. Uh, but if we're throwing punches, we really got to stop and go, man, what? why? The yeah. Lord's big enough to defend himself. Let's just give his truth. And I, like we said on Sunday, I think it starts with, if you think the truth starts and ends with you, Yeah. You're going to be horrific in those discussions because I find that the most insecure people, uh, the most immature people are the people who come out with all guns a blazing because 
I think deep down they're scared that they're going to be wrong. Yeah. And so the great thing about truth is uh, truth is outside of us. Yeah. So therefore, I can I can totally admit I could be wrong. Matter of fact, years ago, I remember somebody asked me, I was uh, speaking with somebody who wasn't a Christian, was actually leaning on the atheist side, and they started our discussion. I said, I just got to ask you something. Could you be wrong? And I said, absolutely. And it blew them away. I said, That's, you're the first Christian I've ever heard say you could be wrong. I said, if I couldn't say that I might be wrong, I would be God. Yeah. And so absolutely I can. Now, I've been a follower of Christ for a long time. I don't think I am because I ask a lot of questions and I kick the tires before I buy anything. And so engaging with people, it's really important. I could be wrong. Okay, so let's engage. Tell me what you have. Tell me why you think this. Two big things I always ask people is when they're bringing something up, whether it's racism or uh, democratic republic or whatever, how do you define that? So mm -hmm. first of all, we start with a definition. And if somebody's trying to problem solve or thinking about, well, if life was just like this or our country was just like this, well, I ask them not only define that, but what would it look like? specifically at the end of the day, if what you believe to be true actually comes true. Mm. And I find very rarely do people ever think that mm -hmm. out. And so therefore I look to them and I say, well, you wouldn't even recognize it if it actually came true. I'll give you a great example. Uh, somebody said to me, uh, the famous Martin Luther uh, quote, um, Martin Luther King quote, uh, that Sunday morning is the most segregated time in our nation. Okay. Then I just asked them, uh, because somehow that we would be indicted if we were of a certain kind of ethnicity. I said, well, then how many, tell me how many Koreans should I have? How many Indians should I have? How many African-Americans should I have? How many uh, Asians should I have in general? And there's no answer. Never thought of it. <laughs> no, because every, every church is different. Like your demographics around you are fundamentally different. So therefore to say if there's one group that's a homogeneous kind of church and somehow they are lacking in racial sensitivity because they're made up a certain way. But hold on. Everybody who lives in 30, 40 miles of them is X. Yeah. I, that's why I think those, those are simple things to say. So I ask people to find this. Okay, what would exactly would it look like? And very often it, it, they've not thought it out. Yeah. They've, they've only, they want to fight. They want to stand up for something, but they're not totally sure what they stand up for. Yeah. And so I think engaging with them is really important. I think it's one of the things that really does, you're talking about that idea of saying, you know, giving another premise and going, oh yeah, I could be wrong. And they go, they don't know what to do. You caught them off footed. That's the same thing when somebody's got a position, you go, okay, I'll give you the position. Wait, what? But you realize they came here for the fight. And I don't even mean that against brothers and sisters in a way like, sure. I'm saying you're just trying to be hostile. But I think if we stop and think about what we're doing, Sometimes we'd have to admit, yeah, we're just in here for yeah. the back and forth of it. Yeah. Um, and if you know, if you if everything works out the way you did want it to work out, are you is your game over, or do you have a whole list of things down the line sure. that are going to come yeah, afterwards? Yeah, yeah. The point is, we exist for the exaltation of God. We exist to proclaim yeah. His excellencies. Yeah. We exist to send out this gospel and let people be able to hear it and the Holy Spirit use it. And we just, I think, sometimes. Going back a couple of weeks, that's not enough for us. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So we got to fill it in with other things. I would encourage our brothers and sisters, exhaust your resources mm. and your time 
on displaying God's glory and proclaiming his gospel. If you find other things yeah. to do after yeah. that, feel free. Like, go knock yeah. yourself out. I find that I stay pretty busy with those things. No, it's, it's the value principle. Whatever you're passionate about, the, Jesus says, whatever your you know, treasures, that's where your heart is. If you're passionate about politics, you're going to find yourself doing it. Then you've got to ask yourself, is politics worth it? Yeah. I mean, that's the real rub. You kind of go, maybe I'm I'm leaning into more idolatry here with getting into this stuff, thinking I can control, I enjoy the fight, the flesh is being energized, versus going, hey, let me let that go in my conversations with these people at work, because the real need they have is not who to vote for. The real need is the fact they need a savior. Yeah. And I'm burning time talking about this and alienating people. Let me take the most valuable thing. I'm sure Jesus could have talked about a lot of things. Yeah. He talked about the most valuable things. Yeah. He didn't start a hospital, didn't start a school, didn't do a lot of things that would have been good for the time. What he did is he focused on pleasing the Father and emanating how you walk in faith. Well, and let me give you an out here because, not an out, but a protection, because this is going to be on the internet. Yes. And on the internet, <laughs> apparently, if you say, just focus on the gospel, that means yeah. what you're saying is abdicate every other responsibility. And I know that's not what you're yeah, saying. Yeah. I mean, and I think, would you agree with me? When yeah. we, if we're going to take that stance, right? We're going to say, we're going to bring the focus back to the gospel. We're going to bring the focus back to the glory of God. I actually want to be more prepared on every single topic than the other person. Because when they come back and they go, oh, you don't want to think about these? Sure. I want to go, no, 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 here you go. I can read you your list. But they're just not as important, right? So it's not a cop-out internet. Right? No. We're not saying that at all. Be yeah. well prepared to speak about everything, but keep the main thing the main thing, and let's yeah. keep driving everything back to the glory of Christ. Yeah, because I can't know everything I possibly could know. Yeah. So I need to be informed. And I think when we say gospel, we're not merely thinking about I'm not thinking about the propositional gospel. No. I'm thinking about gospel, that God is the gospel, as John Piper would say. So therefore, gospel is not this little parcel of information. It's the whole ball of yeah. wax. So yeah. when I say gospel, I say our hope in Christ. Let's get back to the gospel, our hope in Christ. So our hope in Christ when it comes to this political situation or this racial makeup. When I say gospel, it's not just, hey, let's just tell people how they can have a savior, but it's, no, our hope is in him. Yeah. And that hope then is specified through what Jesus Christ has done. So yes, engage as a citizen, have your hope in the gospel, but be responsible as a citizen, you could say. And that's interesting. That's kind of ties into that first question about the apologetics, right? Like it's the yeah. reason we know this stuff is to be conversant, is to be able to interact, but we're still always driving back to representing the Lord and who he yeah. is and proclaiming this redemptive story that he's working out throughout history. So again, it's, I mean, maybe when people will say it's a cop out or you're not trying to deal with the issue, I would actually say we're saying we need to step up and deal with it even more. We need to prepare not to exhaust ourselves and think, sure. oh, we're never going to be good enough, but we really need to have our P's and Q's together so we can be able to speak about these things in a way that's going to draw the attention back to the Lord where it rightly should be. Yeah, balance and value. Uh, balanced, I'm not thrown off. I have a nice balance here for that, and I value the things that are most valuable. It doesn't mean that if I say the gospel is most valuable, that means that uh, helping my neighbor uh, with something isn't valuable. Right. No, it is it's valuable. It's an, by that. it's an expression of that. Uh, life is, I think, thinking about the gospel this way. It's not a picture. It's a movie reel. It's not a picture of, okay, do this in the moment. It's a movie reel of, how has Christ worked in my life and now how can he work in and through me to other yeah. people? That movie reel versus the frame. Yeah, that's good, man. Well, obviously we can take up all the reel. <laughs> that's not a memory disc. We can take it all up talking about this stuff. But before uh, we move on, was there 
anything else from the week in, in particular that we think maybe just another point or something that we want to leave people with um, before we wrap out this episode? I think the big thing is we're always going to come back to the fundamental need to spend time in God's Word, mm-hmm. spend time in communion, not just reading it, but communing, yeah. engaging, asking God to open us up, to, to look into us, expose false uh, motives in our lives and and just ask God to use us in the lives of other people no matter where we would be so in Matthew 28 we says uh, talks about making disciples so he says go into all the world or as you are going so every day no matter where we go the supermarket or some store a neighbor's house hang out with friends in our own family those are holy opportunities mm-hmm. those are anointed moments in which you are here for a reason You are here specifically to encourage somebody in the Lord, introduce somebody to the Lord. Our lives are full of adventure when we see it in that way. And I think that's just really, really important in our day and age to remember. Be about your purpose all the time, and you won't have to worry too much about getting distracted. Yeah, no. But the world's going to keep trying to get you. That's right. About your purpose all the time. You do a better job staying the course. So. That's true. Thanks, man. It's good stuff. Yeah. Thank you guys for checking us out. Um, again, if you want to talk about this stuff more, please contact any of your pastors. Um, we love to talk more about any of these topics and help one another as we continue to grow and reflecting who Christ is. Thanks. Mm-hmm.